Welcome to the Av Youth Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to our latest messages and everything Av Youth related. We hope you enjoy today's episode. What's up, Av Youth? How are you guys doing tonight? Just a heads up, I did not practice that at all, even though I wanted to. Um, that was pretty dope. <laughs> if you guys are down to, uh, you know, do like a mile nine where you end up like going underground and rapping against me, I'm down. I'm available Saturdays. Um, I'm not Eminem, I'm just kidding. But how is everyone doing today? Sounds like you guys are doing great. I know I'm having a fun time up here and I know that today has been a crazy day, uh, at least for all of us here. But you know, one thing I do know is that I'm dumb excited to be able to do this. So uh, I'm glad we're back inside. That's probably the main thing. One, the only thing I'm not glad about being inside is like, I layered up today thinking I was going to be outside, and I just like the fit, so I don't want to take it off. So I'm just going to leave it on and sweat. So if you see like a little shiny forehead, that's what it is. Uh, that's okay. Um, but if you guys are new here, if you guys don't know who we are, we are Av Youth. Super excited you guys are here with us. Uh, we have three pillars here at Av Youth, and the first one is being this. We have a talk back group. Everyone knows that, right? Let me hear some whatever the talk back would be. Is it whether it be a come on? Whether it's a that's good, whether I hear something like mumbo jumbo, I don't know what I'm hearing, but what I do know is that we are a talk back group, meaning this, if you hear something good in the message, you hear something good during worship, you can say, come on, that's good, preach it. You can say anything you want. There you go, exactly. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, school, they don't want you to talk back. Zoom, they don't want you to talk back. We're cool with you talking back here. So other than that, guys, we also have another saying, and it's you don't have to believe to belong. That's right. You don't have to believe to belong, meaning this, you don't have to believe in Jesus to come hang out with us on a Wednesday night. But the end all be all goal is that you walk out of here with a relationship with Jesus, realizing that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. The last one is we are a note-taking group. Whether you see someone on Instagram, you see someone on their notes, or you see someone just on their phone, you don't know what they're doing, Hopefully it's notes, um, but we do have physical notebooks if you guys want one. Uh, we have them in the first-time guest bags. If you guys are first-time guests, we have a gift for you after service. But we do highly encourage taking notes because if someone says something great and you want to remember it, you can't remember it because I know I forgot what I had for breakfast this morning. I don't think I ate anything. I don't know. Um, but it might have been Skittles. might not have been. Who knows? Uh, yes, woo-woo to Skittles. Um, but... Other than that, guys, I just want to let you guys know we are starting our new series, which might be behind me. It is. It's called The Wrap-Up. I'm sure you guys have seen it on our Instagram. You've seen it plenty of different places that we've already submitted that to. Um, But the whole idea of this service is that, obviously, we're wrapping up the year 2020. And with that being said, as we start to wrap up 2020, we know that it hasn't been the best year, right? It might have been, like, an okay year. It might have been... Maybe it was for you the best year. Maybe there's a lot of good things that happened to you. But for a lot of us, we couldn't go to school. Maybe we're missing out on sports. Um, There's a lot of different aspects, a lot of different things that can be making us feel like this year sucks, right? And who would have thought it would have lasted like eight, nine months, right? So with all that being said, there is positives in it. There's tons of positives if we're willing to look at that. So if you guys don't have any personally, I'm going to give you guys something that maybe you haven't seen yet. So the beginning of this year, we started doing online service, um, even in January. We were uploading our videos, and we've been doing that for a while now. But when we were in Arizona last year for our missions trip, 
There was actually a guy by the name of Dylan. And you see, Dylan does not know us until, or did not know us until we went out for that mission trip. And ever since then, he's been tuning in on Wednesdays, Thursday nights when we upload the videos. He's been liking all the apps, posts, staying up to date with all that we're doing. He even texts a lot of us and checks up on us. And we check up on him, see how he's doing. So that's great. That was, a, that was definitely a positive that we got out of this year. Another one is if you guys don't know, Chandler was gone for a while. He's in the back right now. You can see him standing in the hallway. That was Chandler. He was in Iowa going to school, getting his education, uh, education. He was getting all that. And we also got to keep in touch with him as well because of our online services. But the best part, my personal favorite, is the Rewind. The Rewind was the best part to me about 2020. Why? I love the Rewind. Especially all my Rewind homies, thank you for showing up to the Rewind. It's been a ton of fun, and we're not done yet. Uh, this week, heads up, won't be a Rewind, but next week we will get back to it. Um, but also, if you guys are new, you may not remember, but if you guys were there last year, we had a vision night, the last service of the year. And the vision night, we all got in the middle of this room right here, and we all got together with no masks, because but that was BC before COVID. Um, but as we were there, we were all saying to ourselves, man, this is going to be a great year. We were praying for a great year. We were singing to God and asking for a great year. And we kind of got this. And if we can all agree, that, like, God, what were, what were you thinking, man? Like, this wasn't exactly what I, what I asked for. But it didn't have to be, right? So one thing I want to point out is even though this year had tons of changes, had tons of different emotions that we might have felt, tons of different restrictions, and there was just so much stuff and junk going on, one thing that remained the same was God. Jesus has been sovereign and still been there the entire time, right? And he's still above anything or anyone. And he still desires to redeem us and to rescue us from ourselves. And see, one thing I wanted, wanted things to like, See, one thing I wanted to like point out is that maybe things didn't go our way, but that's okay because we do have a new year coming up. But there's a lot of things we can't forget about this year. There's a lot of things we have to remember to be able to go forward for this next year. So let's take this night to listen. Let's take this night to listen to get the new perspective on this year and the coming year and how things played out and how we can move forward from it. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and pray and we will get into the rest of the message. Everyone bow your heads, close your eyes. Father God, I thank you so much for this night. God, I thank you for being able to do church inside with the youth, God. And I thank you for just giving us everything, the volunteers, whether, whether it be doing lights, slides, whether it was set up, um, no matter what it is, God, we thank you for, for who you are and, and always being you, God, and never changing throughout any season. And Father, I pray that you speak through me. Let these be all of your words and none of mine. And it's in your name, Jesus, we say, amen. Man, perfect. So, I have a quick question before I get into the message. Who's been on a road trip? I can hardly see hands. Hang on. Oh, nice. Perfect. The greatest crowd ever. Why? Because we all know that road trips kind of suck, right? <laughs> At least the drive. I mean, if you enjoy the drive, I'm not a fan. But I'm going to give you guys an example of a road trip or a trip in general that I could not stand. Um, Many of you were there, um, or I shouldn't say many of you, but a few of you were there. Uh, we went on a men's backpacking trip to, where was it, Charlie? What was the place? What? Lone Pine. That's where it was. So we went to Lone Pine, and we had Dean, 
We had Benny G, we had David, we had John, we had Charlie, and we had 40 pounds on our back as well. That was, a, that was the friend I didn't want to show up. Um, but we walked up this mountain like six miles. Uh, Pastor Jim says it's five, but I'm going to say it's six because I don't believe him. Um, but we walked up a hill, a big mountain, with 40 pounds on our back, and that was awful. I don't know about you guys, but I can't even walk up my stairs with my normal backpack on that weighs maybe like five pounds. I'm just like out of breath. Maybe I should hit the gym. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Jared's saying yes. He's saying I am weak, and I kind of agree. But other than that, I did notice one thing. I wanted to quit and give up the first mile. Like I was ready to take my backpack off, and I was ready to get some water. I had some beef jerky in there that I was like putting in my bear canister, and I was like, I'm going to love this. And when I, like, started to take my food out, I saw, like, a Pop-Tart, and I was like, oh, even better. And then I just started to eat. And everyone's like, dude, come on, we got to go. Like, we, we want to get there by a certain time. And I'm like, I'm just trying to kick it, dude. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I want to get some coffee. I had a little oven. I had some, I had a French press, if you guys know what that is. It was basically a coffee maker. And I was like, dude, I am set. I can plop my tent right here, right? So I kept asking myself, every time we started going again, I was like, man, are we there yet? <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore, like. Can we just go back to the car and go home? Um, Unfortunately, I didn't drive or else I would have done that. Um, But I want to point out that there's many times in our life where we ask ourselves, are we there yet? And so that's actually going to be the title of today's message. If you guys are taking notes, go ahead and title it, Are We There Yet? Because I know I wanted to be there yet. Um, And as I was on this journey up this mountain, I wanted to take a nap so bad. That was the only thing I could think about, right? And as I'm sitting there thinking about taking a nap, I started to realize maybe the sooner I get there, the sooner I could just relax, the sooner I can just start to go to sleep. Uh, And that's kind of how it went. But we are going to talk about a similar situation of kind of getting to a point of relaxing, getting to a point where we're comfortable. And we're going to look at the story of Joseph and Genesis in the Bible. So if you guys have your Bibles, you guys can go ahead and reference to Genesis 41 for now. We're not going to read it just yet, but we are going to talk about it. Um, but this man named Joseph, you see, he, he had a bunch of brothers. Who has siblings? I feel bad for you guys because I did not. But uh, who, who's been the favorite? Who, who considers themselves the favorite? Your siblings can't stand you. Um, who is not the favorite? You know what I'm talking about. So with that being said, you don't like the favorite kid. You know, like, oh, man, I I should be the favorite, right? So, or if you guys have never had any siblings like me, think about, like, a teacher that plays favorites and, like, gives that other kid extra credit when you're trying, like, twice as hard, and you're just like, my dog. Someone's clapping because they felt that. They said amen twice. But with that being said, someone was like, ha, ha, ha. It was pretty funny. Thank you. But so... With that being said, we all know favorites suck. Like, that just is not fun. But he knew that his dad liked him more than everybody else. And so one day he has this dream. And this dream is just like him basically being above all of his brothers, which was kind of normal to him. He was like, all right, tight. What did it turn out to be? It turned out to be his brothers bowing down, like bowing down to Joseph. So obviously when he tells his brothers, I don't know why he told them, but when he tells his brothers, hey, I had this dream and you were bound down to me. As if he was like some kind of king. And they're like, dude, what? <laughs> now I hate you even more. Like, obviously I already don't like you because I know you're the favorite. Like, I obviously don't want to hear you're going to be my king. So why are you going to tell me this? So 
His brother Judah decides to tell his brothers, hey, dude, let's just kill this guy. Uh, He's out. Um, It doesn't work that way, guys. Don't try it. Uh, But also, the other brothers were telling him, you know, Judah, no, like, let's just sell this guy into slavery. Like, we don't have to worry about it. Like, he'll just die eventually. Don't, like, we don't have to see him ever again. So that's exactly what they start to do. They sell him into slavery, and as they do that, we can all agree that's not going to be fun. We already know this story is already heading downhill. So if you have your notes, go ahead and title point one, Roadblock. And I titled this Roadblock because as Joseph was sold into slavery, this changed the trajectory of the plans that he had for his life. Whatever it could have been, right? And he gets arrested for two years, and then all of a sudden he has another pair of dreams. He interprets that, and all of a sudden again, we have someone else who has a dream, and it's Pharaoh, We all know what a pharaoh is of Egypt, right? So he gets sold into slavery. He ends up in Egypt, and Pharaoh's like, oh, that guy can interpret dreams? All right, buddy. Hey, head over. I'll go ahead and feed you. Like, I want to be on your nice side because I want to know what this dream means. So Pharaoh has two dreams. The first one being that a cow, it's like a big old fat cow, kind of like me, uh, eats up or gets eaten up by a skinny cow, and not the cheese either, uh, but he gets eaten up by a skinny cow, and the skinny cow doesn't grow any bigger. It's kind of like your friend that just eats whatever he wants and he doesn't get any fatter, like, or fatter, you know what I mean? He's just, just skin and bones, and you're kind of like, I wish I could do that. Um, as you can see, I tried. <laughs> Don't doesn't work. Um, but <laughs> with that being said, that was so stupid. <laughs> um, but with that being said, they have another dream. Pharaoh has another dream, and the dream is an ear of corn. Um, and as this ear of corn is very healthy, it's a good-sized piece of corn, maybe one you'd find at Thanksgiving dinner, um, he ends up realizing that there's another ear of corn that looks all rotted, kind of like popcorn, where it's all dry. You guys have seen those on, like, Thanksgiving tables and stuff as decoration. Uh, but that one that's all, like, rotten and dry eats the healthy one. And he's like, dude, what does this dream mean? What is this doing? So and Joseph tells him, hey, dude, like, it's pretty easy. And he's like, is it? It's like algebra. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. But he tells him, hey, all this is saying is that there's going to be seven years where there's going to be tons of food. And there's going to be seven years where there's like a famine. There's not going to be any food. Like, you guys got to store up now. So that's exactly what Egypt decides to do. But also, Pharaoh says, you know what? Because you told me this, I'm going to put you second in command. So what that means is that now he's just as high of a rank as Pharaoh but he has like the same control, but the only person above him is Pharaoh. So we're going to open up to Genesis chapter 41, and we're going to look at verses 41 through 45, starting in verse 41, obviously. Um, And it says this, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Verse 42, then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his hand and placed it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in fine linen clothing and hung a gold chain around his neck. Then had Joseph ride in the chariot, reserved for his second-in-command. Sounds like a Tesla. Sounds great. Um, but Joseph, wherever he went, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of all Egypt. And Pharaoh said to him, I am Pharaoh. No one will lift a hand or foot in the entire land of Egypt without your approval. Then Pharaoh gave Joseph a new Egyptian name. Gave him a nickname. The nickname was Zapanephaniah, and if you don't have to remember all of that. But he also gave him a wife named Asenath. And she, had a, or she was the daughter of Potiphera, the priest of On, 
So Joseph took charge of the entire land of Egypt. If you're taking notes, go ahead and put down point two as let's stop here. We're done. We can go home. I'm just kidding. No, that's not what it's going to do. But I say let's stop here because after all his trial, after all his trouble, after all the, the years in prison, after all that suffering, Joseph gets a really nice ring. He gets a, he gets a Roly. He gets a PS5. He gets a new Xbox. Um, he gets a Supreme hoodie. He gets to ride in a chariot, a, a.k.a. a Tesla. Uh, and Pharaoh gives him a new name. So now he's like part of his family. You know what I mean? Like when people give you a nickname, it kind of feels good. It's like, oh, man, you're my dog. Um, but he gave him a lot more than that, too. He gave him wealth. He gave him the power. He was elevated to a high rank. Like, society respected this guy. And he lives in Pharaoh's palace. It sounds pretty comfortable to me. How does it sound to you? I think it sounds great. Who thinks it sounds great? I think it sounds awesome. Some people are like, nah, I don't know if I'd want that. Um, But I think it sounds awesome. But it doesn't end there. Joseph could have said, let's stop here. Let's enjoy all this stuff that I've received. And let's enjoy all this power. And it may be nice, and it may sound nice, but the truth is, is that Joseph was actually still suffering. You may be asking, like, wait, 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 wait. Rob, what? Like, Joseph suffering? How was this guy suffering? Because everything he had was pagan. You see, Joseph knew that if something was pagan, it wasn't for God. So now he has pagan wealth. He's serving a pagan king. He's, he's got a pagan name. And now he's becoming a dad. Now he gets children, right? So that's what we're going to pick up in chapter 41 again in verse 50 through 52. Verse 50 reads, During this time, before the first uh, of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph and his wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On, and Joseph named his older son Manasseh. For he said, God made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Verse 52, Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. So the biggest thing I want to point out about this is that Joseph names his kid weird names, but they're Hebrew names. They're not Egyptian names like he had just gotten. He's a Hebrew, and a Hebrew is God's chosen people before they inhabited Israel. Because now they became the Israelites. So later on they become the Israelites, but he's part of God's chosen people. And we can't forget that he just realized, I can't forget where I came from. I know where I belong. I may be included in this circle, but I don't belong here. This isn't, this isn't where it ends. This isn't where my life should be. I still have another purpose outside of what this moment is. So Manasseh means God has made me forget all my troubles and everyone in my father's family. Well, there's no way it could mean exactly that, because if it did, why would he give his son a Hebrew name? See, what it's really saying to us is God, God, God set me here, but I let all that other stuff go. I let my brother's abuse towards me, I let that stuff go. You see, all this other stuff, the, the years in prison, the time as a slave, I let all that go. I'm going to let it go. And then he names his other son, 
Ephraim. It says, God has made me fruitful in the land of my grief. There's other translations that say, in the land of my affliction. And affliction is not a good thing. Affliction sucks. Affliction is suffering, right? So grief is, is some deep sorrow. This fool's, this fool's a sad boy, right? He's not having a good time. And he's, he's simping hard, right? So it's like, why would you be simping if you got where it looks to be everything? Like, if, all I, only, if I only had what Joseph had, like, I'd be good. But he knew there was a greater purpose. And see, God didn't place Joseph in that position for him to leave and have a ton of just stuff and enjoy it because he was in prison. He put him there to rescue his brothers. You see, as time went on, the famine continued. Again, it's a seven-year famine. The famine continued, and it swept up all of the land. And his family back home began to realize, we need food. So as the food started to run out, they need to get together and they're like, okay, well, the only place that sells food right now, it's kind of like in the beginning of quarantine when like Costco was the only place that had like, you know, toilet paper. Uh, they were kind of like freaking out like that. So they're like, okay, the only place that sells food is going to be McDonald's. I'm just kidding. No, it's going to be Egypt. So they go to Egypt and they say, you know, we got to talk to somebody who has some kind of power, someone that's in command so we can, we can buy the food from them. Who do you think that ended up being? Joseph. His brothers end up coming back right in front of him, and now they have to buy food. And Joseph gives them the food, and he doesn't even tell them that it's him yet. So they leave, they come back, and they eat the food, and they, once they come back, they're like, we need more food. So that's when Joseph reveals himself to them. So in Genesis chapter 45, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. And verse 1 reads, Joseph couldn't stand it no longer. There were many people in the room. And he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers. And when he told them who he was, or then he told them who he was, then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him. And word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. Verse 3, I am Joseph, he said to my brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing right in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves. For selling me to this place, it was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. Joseph could have stayed comfortable in the palace. He could have enjoyed everything that he had given, he'd been given. And just like this in this year, 2020 might have been the best year, could have been the worst, and we're just trying to figure out where to be comfortable again. But can I tell you guys the truth? is that even though we might be comfortable, we still have a purpose to live out. You see, God did not put us here for no reason. And I truly believe that you guys, as, as young adults, and as, as you guys start to get older, there's going to be a greater purpose on your lives. And the only way you're going to know what it is and how to do it is with God and with relationship and partnership with him. See, at the beginning of this year, again, we go back to that vision night, and we, we prayed for a great night, and we, we had this purpose. We had this verse we even used. It was Mark 16, 15, and it reads, And then he told them, Jesus speaking, and go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. 
Did that ever change? That's been around for over 2,000 years. Guys, that has not changed. We cannot worry about being comfortable when it comes to following God because that's not what he's looking for. It's not comfortable to tell the homeless man, hey, here's, here's two bucks, it's all I got on me, and I'm not going to buy some Skittles. Like, you know what I mean? It's not comfortable to do that. Why? Because we want the Skittles. It's not comfortable to pray for somebody at school because you know you're a Christian, and you know you have that tug on your heart. Maybe I should pray for this person. They're going through it. Their family's going through divorce. Maybe, maybe they're getting beat at home. You know, it doesn't, you, know, you guys know your friends better than we do. Like, there's so many things in so many different households and so many different situations that you guys face. You guys can literally change lives with Christ. You guys have the opportunity to be in partnership with God. And his call on our life doesn't change because things get hard. His call on our life doesn't change because things get uncomfortable. Right? Because if Joseph would have listened to being comfortable, he would have never been able to save his brothers. And why does it matter? Why do I keep going back to that? Because the same one that wanted to kill him the most, Judah, the same one that wanted to kill him, that was the same one that he saved his life by not, not doing the same to him. He extended grace, mercy, and forgiveness to him. If Judah would have died, we would not have Jesus. Why do we say that? Because Judah is a great, 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 it goes on for a long time, great ancestor of Jesus. See, God intricately placed Joseph there in his suffering, in his trial, not for the, not for the elevation of, of his wealth, not for the elevation of, of his name, not for the platform, but instead to save his brother so that we in turn can be saved. God's intricate design of salvation was for each and every single one of us. And he did it through this. So whatever seems insignificant, whether that prayer for that person at school, I keep spitting, I'm sorry, but that, that prayer for that person at school, you can change their life forever because now they enter in relationship with Christ. And now what if God has called them to share the gospel across the world? To China, where they have no other choice but to meet underground. We get upset for wearing masks in church. We get upset for meeting outside, and yet people in China can't even own a Bible. They get thrown in jail for three years, and in that three years, they have to memorize it. Like, they have no other choice. Guys, we have it so easy. I know it's easy to, like, say, like, oh, well, I'm not in China. Yeah, I get that, but, dude, do you understand that God has intricately placed you here to change lives? We have the opportunity to reach people that would never know about Christ. Guys, our mission has not changed. If God sent Judah, or sorry, if God sent Joseph to rescue Judah, to rescue us, what kind of purpose do we have now? We can't let it stop there. We can't just be comfortable. If you guys are taking notes, go ahead and write down point three, the, uh, the price of redemption. The price of of redemption. You see, Joseph was telling the story of redemption. He was living out the story of redemption. The story of rescue. He paid the price through his suffering for his brothers so that they would not have to suffer. Because of his trials. Does that sound familiar? See, because there was someone else that, that also paid a big price to rescue us from all of our sin. Which was leading to destruction, guys. 
We were, we were leading ourselves to hell. And I, and I know I say this a lot, but we all deserve it. Like, I'm not trying to call you out and say that, single you out and say only you deserve it. No, we all do. We all deserve this place. Guys, but instead, someone stands before us and says, I paid the price for you. Jesus' life, again, was intricately planned so we could be saved. So we could leave our old ways behind. And not just to be comfortable, but share the, share the gospel that Jesus died for us. And we can't let that go. Because if Jesus gave his life for us, we should give our life for him. Following Jesus isn't just a one-time thing, but instead it's a lifelong commitment. It's important. And when we deny what we want, and we want to follow Jesus instead, that's what it's all about. See, if I would have stopped on that mountain and unpacked my backpack and taken the tent out and had to convince David Clute because he had the other half of the tent, if I would have convinced him to just, you know, let's just stop here. We're halfway there, but I don't want to go anymore. There's switchbacks higher than this building that I don't want to climb up. If I would have stopped there and just planted the tent, I would have never seen the beautiful creation of the lakes I got to explore and the waterfall I got to take a picture in front of, the rock I fell on and I hurt my knee. Um, But I wouldn't have been able to do all that. So it's easy to look at this year and just say, you know, let's forget about this year. You know, like, forget 2020. But we can't. We have to let those things that hurt us go, right? Joseph let his past go, but he didn't forget it. You see, you guys have a purpose to live out, placed on you by God. And I'm, and I'm telling you, like, all of our leaders are living proof of that. We were all headed for destruction, and God saved us. See, he's willing to do that for you, too. If someone so intricate 2,000 plus years ago, or sorry, even more than that, more years ago than that, Joseph was able to help with that process, imagine what we could do. And it's not going to be easy. It's like climbing that mountain. It's not going to be easy. But it's going to be worth it. And if you've never heard that God has placed a purpose on your life before, can I tell you it's real? Can I tell you that it will blow your mind? And all it takes for you is to follow him and to make the decision to refocus back on Christ. See, guys, maybe this year you know you're a Christian, but maybe you, you, you lost focus. Maybe you were like, you know what? I didn't focus 100% on, on God this year. I could have done better. I was at home. I didn't even read my Bible. Or maybe I didn't even own one. Tonight's the night that you guys get to change that and walk in the purpose that God has placed before you. You guys have the ability to start way before even I ever got to start. You guys have the ability to live for someone that's above absolutely everything where everything else just becomes meaningless. All the money, all the cars, all the any, anything you can ever think of, all that becomes meaningless when it comes to the sacrifice of Christ. So if you can tonight, Let's go ahead and bow our, bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. And, and this isn't going to be a salvation call, but instead it's going to be a call that, you know, we, we get to refocus back on Christ. So if tonight's the night that you want to you wanna refocus back on Christ, I'm going to count down from three. Nobody's looking. You can go ahead and raise your hands when I get to one. It's a moment between you and Jesus. Two, 
If that's you tonight, raise your hand. That's one. Raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You guys can put your hands down. Father God, we thank you so much for your sacrifice and the purpose you've placed before us. And God, I pray that, that instead of letting this night go, letting the purpose before us go, God, that we take that open door you've given us, God. That we take the, the opportunity and the purpose that you have, have placed in us and we walk in it, God. And we walk in the relationship with you knowing that we can do it together with you. That we don't have to do 2020, the rest of it, alone anymore. Because as, as I know that 2020 has felt like a lonely year and we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to go searching in different places, God, because you are here and you are with us. And God, we know that you are sovereign. And God, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy on the cross that saved us. Jesus, we thank you and we praise you and we all said amen. Right now, guys.